Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you're hitting the fridge whenever you're in MHK. The runway might be closed at Manhattan's airport. But the runway leading to the fridge is always there. We can fly on the sideways one. You got a little tiny plane. Yeah, they. I was. That was pointed out that prop private planes can still fly in and out. I, I'm like, okay, well, that's great. So it's American Airlines. It's all their fault. No, it's, it's not. not. No, no, it's actually. They were the ones that were inconvenienced. I know. It sucks. It all sucks. But we'll be in Columbia on. Uh, Saturday, so there's that. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. Not as exciting as Boonville. That's where we're actually staying. You know the casinos like sits in like a little pond. I. It's funny. I'm not expecting greatness at any level. I'm not expecting averageness at any level from this Isle of Capri casino. When I think of Central Missouri, I think of the Isle of Capri. Definitely. K-State's 2-0 on the young season. Heading off to Missouri, which is also 2-0. Maybe the two fan bases feel differently about their teams, but there'll still be a lot of crap talked between the the two fan bases coming up between now and Saturday. And we're going to answer your questions from Wabash Station as we do every week. you got to be a subscriber to ask the questions at Wabash Station. But everyone can listen as long as you go to the Fridge Also Liquor and tell them you listen to the Powercat Podcast. Then you can listen. I don't know if that really made sense. Let's just move on. Gills, uh, are you ready to speak? Yes. Oh, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ron Gilbert. Uh, you ready to do your magic thing yeah. where you stumble over words and, and 
No. Not speaking I'm going to be English. perfect today. Okay. We'll see. Here he is. Okay. Perfect. There was one I forgot to edit. So. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> he set me up for it. <laughs> First question is from Exhausted Nihilist. In what kind of shape would K-State have been exiting halftime against Troy if not for Philip Brooks's late second quarter sideline circus tightrope walk, walk act touchdown? Wow, that, that was, was hard words. Goodness. He did actually pretty well with that. It was pretty good. Well, I want to give credit to Phil Brooks for a nice catch and run, but Jaden Jackson came back and made a huge block, or that was not going nearly as far. But he did work his way into the end zone. It did redefine the game. I think it was a knockout punch in many ways, even though it was still only 21 to 10. But going in at 14 to 10 and knowing they had the ball yeah. and the momentum, that would have been a much different game. So I think it was huge, and I appreciate the aggressiveness from the play calling from Colin Klein and, you know, the the fact that Will Howard, who hadn't had a great first half, got it done. Give credit to Will Howard for running on that one play. Oh, yeah. And kind of setting up the next play for the touchdown. But, yeah, they needed to score that because going into halftime 14-10 – you're you're essentially down a possession at that point since you're not getting the ball back. Um, that touchdown at the very end was impressive. And I, I think K-State wins the game in the fashion they did based solely on that. Agreed. And I think it would have been a sweaty second half for K-State, and it, it probably would have been closer to a two-touchdown game than what it ended up being. Kleiman mentioned on Saturday – the last four and the first four, 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 mm-hmm. four on four. I think every player mentioned it too. And that goes hand in hand when you come out of the gate in the third quarter. If you don't get that touchdown, maybe the defense doesn't have that same juice that it had. So it was huge. And yeah, it's, we're looking at a different game. K-State could have easily been down uh, by the time the next time they saw the football on offense. Yeah, it was a huge momentum shift in that game. And um, But that's two veteran players making big plays. But Again, Jaden Jackson, a guy who hasn't played a whole lot, yeah. that just a beautiful block, just a great sense of what he needed to do on that play once he saw it develop. And Kleiman, you know, he deserves credit for calling that timeout after the sack. We were up in the press box. I think I said to Cole, like, what is he doing? Just go to halftime and cut your losses, you know. Not, not when you don't get the ball back. Don't make a mistake. Yeah. I get it. No, and, and Kleiman was right. He proved me wrong. But it was it was risky. You know, you call that timeout. You don't get a first down. You punt it back with a minute left. Who knows? Maybe Troy goes down and gets at least a field goal, and then you know who knows what happens from there. Yeah, I would agree with that. But he had faith in the defense. The defense delivered. Then the offense followed that. It's all about having trust in your team. Right. Yeah. So all right. And I remember the timeout call, and I was thinking, that's good because, you know, given the situation of K-State won the toss, they took the ball, you know, it, it was clear that Chris Kleiman knew exactly what the scenario was. He saw the scoreboard. He knew exactly how much, at least getting three points, you know, getting down into scoring position to make it a touchdown game meant. And yep. they got it done with a touchdown. So it was it was an incredible drive that they, they put together. Oh, you don't preach to your team four on four and then as the coach be conservative. I mean, you want your team to be in attack mode in the final four minutes and the first four minutes spread over halftime then you've got to be aggressive, and he was, and it really paid dividends. From KSU number one, Chris Kleiman spoke in the locker room after the win and said that it was a game that they needed. Do you expect a bounce in performance at Mizzou similar to what occurred after the Tulane game last year? 
That's an interesting question. It was a valuable experience for this team. They got an easy win by score. Not a single player has said anything other than that score is deceptive. Troy was really good. I go back to in the preseason when I said, I think Troy might be the best team on the non-conference schedule. So what I've seen from them so far would indicate maybe yes. I think Troy was better in defeat on Saturday than what I saw of Missouri in victory against Middle Tennessee State. So um, we'll find out more about Missouri on Saturday, certainly. But uh, this this was a good one. I mean, that, this, that test was valuable and maybe most valuable for an offensive line that is shuffled around a little bit. Look, we think Christian Duffy will be back soon, but Chris Kleiman didn't make it sound too positive about for Saturday. Maybe he's being coy, but he's back in practice. They'll see what he can do this week. I imagine we won't hear anything on Thursday, and we won't really know a damn thing about whether or not Duff is going to return to the field until Saturday. He might, but if they don't, that offensive line in its kind of shuffled nature really needed that against a very aggressive and fast Troy defense. I think comparing to last year after Tulane, I don't think it's necessarily the the greatest comparison because K-State loses to Tulane. It feels like they're on the back foot going to OU. And OU was st- – we didn't know what OU was at the time, their 2022 team. They still had a lot of hopes. You know, in case they kind of crush those hopes when they go down there, you know, the same same weekend, well, the week week later than what this is. Um, but K-State beats Troy, but it really feels like they're on the attack now. It feels like they have momentum that they didn't have last year. I don't think there's necessarily going to be a bounce in performance, especially considering how K-State showed up against Mizzou last year. I don't think there's any doubts the kind of performance – that you should expect K-State to put on the field in Columbia on Saturday. I think that this is going to be as good of a K-State game from a preparation standpoint and execution standpoint. I think it's it's going to go well. I don't I don't really want to be overconfident at all, but I don't feel I don't feel like K-State is going in there and going to play a tight game, so to speak. I think that it's I, agree. I think that what you what we've seen from K State the last two games and what we've seen from Mizzou the last two games, I feel a lot more confident in K State's abilities to win the football game on on Saturday. Yeah, I think K State's in a great position. Now, of course, I'll have my prediction at the end of the week, but I think uh, this could be a, a really nice win for K State. I still don't. I can't figure out Missouri, so we'll, we'll figure out if uh, you know Troy really helped them probably more uh, after that Missouri game than anything else. And I think, you know, Chris Kleiman mentioned this on Tuesday. <clears throat> I'm sure that Missouri has more to to let out of its playbook, but Kleiman mentioned that, you know, K-State can say the same for them as well. But Fitz, you mentioned earlier just the players acknowledging the fact that, hey, this was probably an inflated final score from that Troy game. And that's great to hear just because, you know, if you're not, Disciplined, I guess you could get complacent by winning by, what, 30 points against Troy. Oh, Mizzou's going to be a cakewalk. And so going back to last year, Kansas State had the blowout win against Missouri. Did K-State get complacent? I think they did. Players have mentioned that, how they didn't have good a good week of practice going into that two-lane game last year. So 
it's just good to hear these players. Now, obviously, they got to go through the motions and practice and prove it on the field, but at least they know that they this isn't going to be a cakewalk just because they did go out and beat a good Troy team. They get it. They get that Troy's a good team, but they get that it was a challenging win. It was not a walk in the park. I think it helps that the game is on the road. I think that if this game was at home, maybe that's you know a reason for maybe the letdown last year going in the third game against Tulane last year, but... You know, they have to focus. They talked about it today. They had success on the road last year. They're a really comfortable road team. But going on the road, it takes a little bit more focus than maybe, you know, doing the same routine that you do seven times, eight times a year when you play at home. So, you know, it's it's there's a lot more focus, I think, going into this week than what you may have if it was a home game. I would agree. I would agree. I'm, I'm excited about this game. I, I of course, I, I miss having Missouri as a, a conference rival, um, but I, I, I like this series. I hope they maybe do it again down the road. I don't think Missouri will want to. I'm sure K State players know the schedule like the back of their hand, but if you asked half of them who they play next week, I bet they have no idea. You know, they're locked in on this game. But they're they're playing UCF next week. But it's UCF. It's it's like the space program meets Disneyland and put a football team on the field. I thought you were talking K-State Disneyland. <laughs> oh, no. You're talking about a national champion from five years ago, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I totally forgot about that. <clears throat> Fitz, you asked about this today to Kleiman mm. from Jedediah. Last year's game against Mizzou ended pretty salty between Eli Drinkwitz and Chris Kleiman. Is any of that bitter taste still in Kleiman's mouth going into this week? He, he was pretty emphatic. No, I mean, he just I hadn't even thought about it. Bull crap. He hasn't thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, <clears throat> I don't think there's any love lost. And it's not just that game. It's stuff that's gone on the recruiting trail where, you know, that's been a little spicy. But that's great. That is what a rivalry is about. And I think it's just interesting. Missouri fans are so interested in thumping their chest about being in the SEC where they're not competitive. And yet this is the game they're stoked for. They can't deny that they're stoked for this game. So I I know it'll be brought up. I mean, it will. Other stuff that went on in that game might be brought up. But in fairness to Missouri, Chris Kleiman also was exactly right. K-State got a lead, and the conditions went to crap. I mean, they just went downhill so quickly that it's uh, it's understandable that um, why Missouri might excuse the, the level of defeat, the spread of the score, and I, – I, he, so, he, you know, he did give him a little tip of the hat and just really went south on him. It was hard to throw the ball, and they had to throw the ball. So, but It wasn't a fluky win. No. Circumstances no, helped Kansas they, State. Right. They built the lead. And, you know, once you build a lead, you force the other team to do things to have to come back. And they found themselves in, you know, really unfortunate situation if you're Missouri that it was just pouring rain. But it will be brought up. It will be remembered. Ah, come on, Fitz. Climate hasn't thought about it, to be honest. We'll see what the final score is, if he remembered or not. Because you keep saying that you want right. him to run the score up, right, Fitz? I won't be surprised at all if they're very aggressive in their play calling if they're up three touchdowns. I won't be surprised at all. Does this change 
the status of Avery Johnson, maybe hey, going into the game or not. We'll talk about Avery later. Oh, don't so spoil, spoil the podcast. You have the questions in front of you. I don't. See, I, I'm like K State. I go one at a time. I don't look yeah. at it, the schedule. Well, it's not how it works all the time. Okay. <laughs> Last question from JK, TK, State, Cat. Thank you. Does it fit? Was, you got to change this guy's username. That's too confusing. It, it took two That's what he is on Twitter. He, is it really? Okay. Yeah. He said he hadn't gotten his question asked. So here we go. Here we go. Better be good. This better be great. Mizzou's Luther Burden did not show last year in the rain delay, rain slash delay. Does he show up against the second, this secondary this year? Uh, I don't know what motivates this young man. I mean, I honestly don't. He is an incredible talent. Fast, strong, big, truly a five-star receiver. And yet he kind of comes and goes at his own whims. Um, and maybe it's play calling. I know that a lot of Missouri fans are critical of the offensive setup and the quarterback. And <clears throat> all I know is when you got a weapon like that, you got to find a way to use that weapon as much as possible. Whether it's jet sweeps, returns, little short passes, deep balls. And... and if the defense wants to adjust so much to take him away, then it should open up other things. They've got a lot of talent on this team. I just don't see them making the most of that talent. So I think Luther Burden, in a way, might end up being the poster child for the Drinkowitz era of football at Mizzou. Incredibly talented, but not playing to the level at which they should be playing. He's listed at, I think, 5'11". <clears throat> Like you go back to last week, Troy had multiple like one handed catches and stuff. Yeah. And so obviously I think he's a better player, but he's not going to be this, you know, guy that you can't guard. Right. Like Jacob Parrish, Chris Clement said on Tuesday, he's dynamite. Like these guys, this isn't just going to be the first good wide receiver they face. And obviously K-State steamrolled SEMO. But before the game, I think a lot of us were expecting that to maybe be an issue for Kansas State. It wasn't, but still speaks to how respectable some of the wide receivers K-State has played so far this season. And while there's no players on this team anywhere close to have un to have played Missouri as a full-fledged rival in the conference, they played last year, the guys from that region get it. One corner is from Olathe, and he can run like the daylights. I expect to see him on him, but the other corner, Will Lee, course, have Jacob Parrish. Will Lee is from Kirkwood, Missouri. Believe me, he will have motivation, and he knows Luther Burden. They were played high school sports against each other. He knows him well, so this will have great value yeah. to him. Yeah, there's familiarity there that is not lost on the K-State no. secondary. I, I'm excited to see how they use Luther Burden and how K-State tries to defend him because he can be a game-changer. And I think it's a shame that Missouri isn't getting the most out of him. Whether it's a young man or the coaches, it's just kind of bad to see. Hopefully it doesn't happen on Saturday for K-State's sake. That's it for the first half of the Powercat Questions podcast brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We'll be back on the other side with more of our VIP members' questions from Wabash Station. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast from the Cats and Dogs Studio. We're talking cats and the dogs are asleep. Dude looks like he passed out after a night in Aggieville. Kind of missed the bed. It's part on the bed, part on the floor. It's a sad situation. Speaking of sad, I'm here with Ryan Gilbert, who's going to ask your questions from Malvest Station. I've had someone ask me why I give you so much trouble. Because he makes my life a living hell. He just does. Fire! I don't even want, I don't even want to discuss it. On with your questions. Make sure you're stopping into the fridge. Go say thank you to the fridge wholesale liquor just for being them. Just for being them. Uh, oh, oh, excuse me. Why? I was doing so I good. gave you a Man. nod and then you go. Bleh, 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 yeah. False start. <laughs> Ryan Gilbert. <laughs> no, I'm going to throw the challenge flag on that. That was encroachment on the pits. You, you can't throw a challenge on a penalty. <laughs> First question of the second half is from CCL27. After not playing against Troy, would you change your stance on Avery not redshirting? Seems like if he was going to be part of the game plan moving forward, they would have put him in there, especially when the run game was sputtering. If I was a hardworking, diligent podcast producer, I would drop in the Chris Kleiman sound right here because I thought his answer on why no other quarterbacks played in that game was weird. Fishy, like you said. It was just kind of weird. Yeah, fishy. It's like he tried to come up with a reason and it didn't. I don't. I, I wouldn't buy it. The game was de- – I mean, I get it. It was close, but that game was decided on the last offensive drive they had. I mean, the fourth quarter, I think, was pretty much – you know, by that second drive in the fourth quarter, I think you could say we can put somebody else in and be okay. I'm not surprised they didn't play Avery. That, that doesn't surprise me at all. I think they still want to get into the season a little bit and just see how it goes. If they realize as they get into Big 12 play, yeah, you know what? If you want to talk about putting your best athletes on the field, he is one of them. We need to figure out how to get him schemed into the game plan. But for now, let's try to proceed with we're going to play him four games and redshirt him. But why didn't Jake Rubley come on the field at any point is the curiosity. So I just just thought his answer was strange. Yeah, heck, I'll put it right here. Based on some of the things that Coach Klein and I have discussed we wanted to stay with Will. Um, part of it was there's some formations and some calls that uh, we want. You know, I never thought the game was in hand either. You know, it, it was uh, 28-13 in the fourth quarter, and they kick a field goal uh, to cut it to a two-score game. And and at that time, I think some people were comfortable, but as a head coach, you never are because it's down to a two-score game. And if we don't make the big throw to Jaden and have to punt the football, it's down to, you know, it's it could be a one-score game. So um, even though the score was what it was, uh, the game didn't go like that. And so other than the last series on defense where Toby had the strip sack, we kept most of the uh, uh, older or starters in. My thinking hasn't changed. My stance has not changed. 
I do not believe Avery Johnson will be the starting quarterback for the Kansas State Wildcats in the 2027 football season. Therefore, don't redshirt him. I don't think he's going to be here in 2027. That's... I just... I like what Kleiman said. You don't know what the road, you know, what the road ahead is. You could try to redshirt him, and then he gets injured. Yeah. And then you should have played him. I think they're still going to play him, but yeah. yeah, I'm with you. But I think they also might be like, well, just in case. I'm not sure. I, I don't think Kleiman yeah. knows. I agree with that. I really do. I don't. Think and, he- and maybe, and maybe it was giving Will Howard. You know, this is the first time that Will Howard has been the guy from the start of the season. He didn't play the full game on Saturday or on against SEMO last week. This was an opportunity for him to play as the season starter to play an entire football game for the first time. I mean, that was that was the first time he played a full football game as the starting quarterback for a season that he was the starting quarterback, if that makes sense. So maybe that was another thing. Give him more time out on the field. Is that a good reason? Probably not, but it's a reason, at least something that I can come up with in my head real quick. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, there really isn't any explanation. Once that game was in hand, there probably should have been some other guys in there. But K-State kept going, so it was, it was interesting to see. It does. This probably might sound stupid, but does Kleiman know – how bad of a look it would be to have Johnson go in there over Rubley, and so he decided to just not play anybody and keep Howard in there. Optics, yeah. Optics, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe that was it. I mean, you're going to need Rubley involved. We know that. Uh, particularly if you really hope not to burn a year on Avery, if you do kind of possess the idea that <clears throat> we we want to play him four games for sure. So if the helmet comes off, you you got to have Rubley with a few snaps under his belt, I would think. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It, that's the thing. If Will Howard's helmet ever comes off, I think that's when we'll find out what the plan is on Avery. Because if Avery goes out there for one play, they aren't redshirting him. Yeah. They don't care. I agree. Could we see a... Treshawn Ward, DJ Giddens, take a snap. You mean Wildcat? Wildcat? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's possible. Maybe. I, I come back to this, though. When you've got an athlete like Avery, yeah, I think you use him as the Wildcat if you're going to use the Wildcat. Sure. Because he leaves the, the throwing threat in, although Treshawn apparently can throw the ball. They, they didn't just call that play because he was the guy on the field. They called it because... He could throw it around, apparently. So there's some intrigue here on how they might unravel that as the season goes on. And if K-State is in a competitive game, maybe they'll dig deeper into that playbook than they would if if not. So we'll see how that all ends up. From El Camino Cat, who is your biggest positive surprise on the football team through the first two games? Jane Jackson. Yeah, that's got to be it. I was trying to overthink that one. It's got to be like a wide out, maybe right. a cornerback I mean, or something. But He scored the first two touchdowns. He had a lot bigger presence against Troy than he did SEMO. Definitely someone that, you know, we talked about it before the season. There needed to be a wide receiver to step up. Jane Jackson has been the guy that has stepped up. 
he's been really good. I had no idea that he was at this level because, honestly, they didn't mention him. They never really brought him up other than in passing when listing other guys. So this has been a pleasant surprise, and I'm thinking maybe he caught the coaches a little off guard with how ready he was. Maybe he's a guy that needs the bright lights, needs the game time to to really get it cooking. But, yeah, he's got to be. And behind that, I probably will go with the grouping of the freshman defenders that are all playing. I don't think any of us expected Jack Fabris to be in the playing rotation his true freshman year. But from what I've seen, he is going to be a key backup safety on this team all year long. He's a really physical, dynamic player that came in physically ready to play, and you have to reward that. Part of it, too, is the the connection that you have with Will Howard, and not that any of the other wideouts don't have a good connection, but I think it's clear that Jaden Jackson and Will Howard are on the same page. And so that's been a surprise, obviously, the way that he's played, but you can tell that, that they're on the same wavelength. I'd agree. Totally. I can tell you a negative surprises members of the offensive line. I know that's not the question, but boy, the expectations were high for for that group and they have not performed. I I think we have to just say maybe the disappointment is that with so many seniors on this line, thank God they came back because it's clear the backups aren't ready yet. And why? I'm not sure. And I'm sure Connor Riley's asking the same thing. Why aren't you guys at a higher level? Why He chewed some butt on Saturday. I mean, I'm surprised that guy got back in the game. So I, I want to see the depth kind of develop. If they don't, I'm, I'm not going to be picking K-State up towards the top three spots in the Big 12 next year because this offensive line is going to be a major rebuilding project. Next question from Bullpup2017. Have you seen this member before? I think it was their second post. Okay. Well, welcome. Do you think K-State is disrespected in the polls and by the media, or is K-State where they should be at this time of year? I I think they are a little bit. I mean, you stop, and I I don't have the rankings in front of me, but the, the rankings I saw the other day, it was like the top 11 schools until you got to Utah, with all due respect to the Utes, were all like, Brands. Yeah. I mean, they were all brands. I I just question the validity of voters that are like teenage boys that can't get past giggling that they get a ranked Notre Dame and Alabama and LSU and whomever else instead of ranking teams on where they think they should go. But again, this plays right into K-State's, you know, wheelhouse. We're disrespected. Were undervalued. Even Missouri, I mean, their fans keep calling it the mid-12, even though they couldn't compete in the mid-12, and now they can't compete in the SEC. I, I think there's, I think that chip gets played a lot and will be played on Saturday about the disrespect. Part of it is I, I, we get that Troy's a good team, but Troy's not a Power Five opponent. So if Troy were to be replaced by, you know, I've got the rankings pulled up in front of me here. I don't know Colorado. Same exact team. It's just a different team name. K-State's probably going to be higher than 15th, right? But it's right. just because you've got Simo and Troy that, like you said, Fitz, these voters don't know much about. There's not really that much respect there. So if K-State goes and beats an SEC team on the road this week, even if it's not that impressive of a win, you would have to think they would jump in the rankings. 
I would. Yeah. Might move up slightly, but also the voters probably appropriately appropriate appropriately rate Thank Mizzou you. as being a bad SEC team. They wouldn't be good in the Big Twelve. They wouldn't be good in the ACC. They wouldn't be good in the Big Ten. Mizzou is not a great program. No. K-State should win this game. But also, it's September. You have to start the ranking somewhere. Yes. Is it unfortunate that the brands, the, the, the name brands are on the shelf above the store brands for the time being? Yes. That was but, very deep. That was a very deep analogy there. But come October, when those brands are having to play the other brands and there's losses happening and K-State's able to get into Big 12 play, you know, as long as K-State's winning, they will move up in the rankings just based on the attrition of all of the other teams. If you win out, everything will take care of itself. It's it's incredible to me how the context of games changes once the games start being played. Now, you go to Missouri, who's struggling, but really talented. Then you have UCF coming in, and their quarterback is injured, and so they'll be on a backup, who's good, but still. You go to Oklahoma State, and they are struggling. They look like that program's in dire trouble. I think Mike Gundy's lost his program, which is sad for me to say. Then you go to Tech, which is 0-2, and then you play TCU at home, and we still don't know what TCU's going to be like, be like, but they're not last year's team. And then you get Houston. I mean, I kind of scoffed at the notion of being 8-0 when you went to Texas, but it's on the table. This team knows it's on the table. They know they can't have another two-lane. They can't have that hiccup where they look past someone or don't put enough on the field to win the game. I think they have come together and said, throttle forward, let's go. Let's do this. Let's just put up points until we're positive we've got this thing on. And Will Howard has to understand that he's got a good offensive, you know, a good offense around him. He mentioned how his, you know, some of his mistakes, he's thrown some interceptions that he's been trying to do too much. And last year he kind of got away with it. This time around, he's been picked off. And so I know the first game wasn't his fault, but just let the game come to him. And when you're playing teams without a starting quarterback, you're playing Tech, who's 0-2, you go down the line, you don't need to have that deep ball every play. Just take what the defense gives you. And I think K-State has a good chance to be 8-0 as long as everyone's bought in and and is prepared for each game. Right. Totally understand that. I'd... Look, just, just go play him. Yeah, just go play him. Back to the question, though, I, I get I get the question because that's what we're here to talk about. But if you ask Kleiman or the players, they don't care. You know, by season's end, as long as they're in the Big 12 championship game, I think that's what they care about. These rankings don't mean anything to them. Right. They don't. They don't. Because if the scenario I said takes place, they're going to be well into the top 10 when they play Texas, who might be number one at that point. I don't have their schedule in front of me. But, I mean, that just could be a colossal you know, ESPN game day type of contest at that point. And, but you got to take care of business. You can't worry about week nine when you're on week three. We get to talk about it, but I think they'll just start lining up these teams and, and taking them down. I think this is a really good team. This is a good team that has been far from perfect in winning two games. And again, 
Troy is legit. I'm not going to be shocked at all if Troy ends a regular season 11 to 1. I don't know who they got this week, but that team is going to beat a lot of people. They're going to probably run the Sun Belt, too. Amazing. From Get Out More Cat, any details on the agreement with Nike, Zach? No. Details? No. We don't know. Other than we it don't... is tentatively agreed, yes. That's all we know. K-State but... will not be wearing lavender on Saturday. Yeah, no. Or black. Gonna... Or black, which seems like a good move going to Missouri. Um, particularly when you're the visiting team. That'll get very confusing. Both teams might be wearing black. But your big question about this contract is what? It's length. How right. long is this contract going to be for? Because currently... So back, I'm trying to think here, I, without having the contracts in front of me, K-State, the initial contract, which they are still under, they have only amended the initial contract, which was signed in 2006 when Bob Huggins came to K-State. That was kind of the ushering in of Nike as being the the apparel partner for all sports. Um, it was a, you know, a department-wide deal in 2006, and they've just added on years and amended it as they needed to, you know, more product allocation and, you know, changing some sports here and there, such as, you know, when they added soccer and dropped equestrian, there was some other, you know, some changes in the language like that, but it's, it's largely the same contract since 2006. So, you know, they've added six years at times, three years here, three years there. Um, it's a lot of extensions but part of the thing with new uniforms and design and the process of you know creating them producing them getting them delivered it's a long process football orders were due august 1 for the next season every year august 1 is your order date for everything you need for football for the following season you haven't even started the current season and you need to know everything for the next season. So when you think about uniforms and design, that's why I talk about the white pants, how incredible turnaround that was and how expensive that probably cost K-State to get those turned around when they did those white pants um, back in 2019. Because it was probably from January to September that they planned all of that out. So you can do it, but it's less than ideal. And it's not... Um, probably financially smart to use your your product allocation in that way for a very short quick turnaround product but with the last the current deal that they're on they're in year three of a three-year extension but if you're going to sign another three-year deal and the planning period is more than a year out you know why would nike want to create new uniforms if you're going to be lame duck for you know the you know one season two seasons max that you get to use these and if you switch to somebody else you know there there needs to be a long-term commitment here between both parties so that's my concern if this is a very short-term deal which it could be i don't know if it's necessarily a great thing if you're a k-state fan that likes nike mm -hmm. so I, i'm worried about it well the way climbing answered makes me think that they plan on doing some stuff so that would indicate to me that this contract's longer than three years. I'll, I'll just say this. I know for a fact, I've been told, this group of veterans, this group of seniors who's been through every one of these altered helmets or different pants, and they've lost every game basically in recent years, flat out said before the season, nope, we're going to wear the, the 89 throwbacks, home and away, purple and white, we're not going to mess with the helmet. No, 
We're not going to bring any of that bad mojo in here. So if you're hoping there's something this year, don't blame anyone but the players, the seniors have said, no, coach, let's just play football. I have a lot of respect for that. From a merchandising standpoint, it hurts K-State because yeah. they have great opportunities where they could, you know, do, announce their uniform schedule for the year and start merchandising products based on that. I think the problem with all of these, I think the problem with K-State losing all of these games when they switch something up, it's always the week of. It is always made out to be this huge deal. Exactly. Short term. Announce it in July. Right. Give all of the looks that you could possibly wear in July or August. Announce the whole season schedule. You know what you're wearing. It's not a thing. It's There's no secret. There's no hype. You can still make your little hype video on Monday for what you're going to wear, but take it take it out of take the suspense out of it. Right. It's quit making a big deal. Yeah, don't make it a Just big deal. Just make it part of the right the it's, process. In gonna, August, yeah. you're going to send out a graphic like Baylor did, which I loved. Has the three colored dots. Here's the helmet color, the shirt color, the pants color. This is every game. Perfect. Do it for basketball too. And you know what they had. They had one game where they're in all white at home. And people are like, I don't think we've ever done that at home. And I'm like, well, that's what Zach would like to do. Would be fun. Some point. Would be fun on a hot September Saturday. Go be in charge of this. Go work for K-State Athletics and (laughs) go help them out with the uniforms. Let's do that. Let's just, let's give them away. We're just going to give them to K-State Athletics. But no, I, I hope there is some stuff in the future only because... Um, it's important to a big segment of the fan base, and I think it does help in recruiting. And it's clear to me that even though the marks, the old marks, you know, as an old fart myself, I didn't like the cat script because it was literally the worst season in K-State for modern history. And But it sold like crazy. But your favorite throwback helmet was also a winless helmet. Yes, yes. And there was a tie, but it was a winless season. Yeah, the the. Big K with a little state underneath, which is such a simple 1960s Looks design. worse than cats, same amount of wins. Right. And I've seen it now on um, different stuff that football players will wear in. They're beginning to w- work with that K-State logo. Um, so, yeah. I, you can put the what's known as cocaine willy on the side or the wildcat. I absolutely hate that term I do too. so much. I don't much. understand it. I don't think he looks coked up at all. No. I don't. I don't it doesn't make it. any Anyhow, sense. But you can do the straight on wildcat that was on helmets. You can do so much stuff. Just a big K would be cool also. So we'll see. We'll see what they got cooking. But for now, for this season, enjoy the 89 throwbacks. That's what you're going to get. Last question is from T. Newman 41. Is the garage door entrance already stale? Does K-State need its own original idea? No, I don't think it's stale. They I do just... need to paint, paint the garage door or wrap the garage door. Did you see that on the uh, Ask the AD? I did see we, Wally tweet we, at me. We now know that uh, Gene Taylor does not listen to this podcast because Zach has been hammering on that. For... We've talked about this for since probably 2015 yeah, when and, they put the thing in. And Someone brought it up. And Gene's like, that would be easy to do. We should look at that. I'm like, really? That's all it took? Come on, Gene. Come on, man. Just, I can't believe other people haven't been in his ear until now and be I like, know. you know what? That That is a good idea. It's, 
Although Kenny Lanou with a brilliant idea that was expensive, he wants to put a giant power cat on top of Bramlage. Because of all the aerial drone footage now everyone's using, that would be kind of badass. They need to paint Bramlage totally. They need to redo Bramlage in so many ways. Well, when they get a naming, when they sell the naming rights, they need to put the sponsor up on the roof is what they need to do. That's probably should be part of it. And they can light it up like a, like the NBA arenas. And then when you're flying in MHK over the stadium, you'll see, oh, there's Fitzgerald Family Court. Shamrock Financial Services Arena. Robbins Motors Forum. Forum. We're going to change it to a forum. I don't know what makes the difference between a coliseum, an arena, and a forum. Uh, a forum, don't you have to have, like, uh, gladiators fighting in it? I don't know. Ask the guys at FedEx. Yeah. Uh, I know, all I know is I want them to rip out the west side of Bramlage and rebuild it with a giant hall of fame and grand entrance and lower, you know, the tunnel, have tunnels going in on that side. Lots of media space. That's what it's going to be. A lot of media space. It's going to be the GoPowerCat.com media-friendly arena. Media-friendly arena. Yes. We're going to have everything we need. We will have catering. It'll be part of the deal. We're going to have meals catered, not from the certain person here, certain company here in town. But like uh, um, Poncheros. We'll have Poncheros brought in from out of town. Every day, every game? Well, it, whatever you want, Zach. We're doing it every game, man. Poncheros. Uh, Just open up a store. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, we'll have the uh, um, the the mountain climbing themed pregame meals. Owl Sanctuary? Yeah, the, the Owl Sanctuary is good, but I don't want to get the wing sauce all over me. I, Just I'm, get them naked. <clears throat> That's it for the podcast. That's how we're getting in this one. I appreciate you listening. Make sure you're subscribing to this podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to Go Powercat and our YouTube channel. And We're now on Rumble. I don't know what that means. Thank you for listening to the Powercat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.